The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 287 of the podcast, or you're joining me live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. If you want to catch the show live, make sure you subscribe on one of those channels. And if you're already subscribed, make sure your notifications are turned on so you can find out when the show is live, like right now. And we can have a little audience participation. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Today is Sunday, May 22nd. Summer is upon us, folks. It's already heating up down here in Florida. I'm sure it's getting warm wherever you find yourselves right now, unless you're on the other side of the globe, that is. Um, we had some fun fights this weekend. UFC Vegas uh, 55, I believe. Ketlin Vieira and uh, Holly Holm. Before we get into that, Obviously, Jeff the Animal Wilson is not with me this evening. He's on vacation again somewhere in Pennsylvania, far from Wi-Fi. So uh, feel free to send along your uh, positive vibes for the animal, and I will be sure that he receives them. I have been in contact with him when he finds himself in cell phone service. I think he's camping or... Uh, living off the land, something. But, um, yeah, he's out there in the wilderness uh, having some fun this weekend. It seems like one of the last weekends that would be fun to go camping before it gets too, like, hot and humid and summery and, like, not wanting to be outside. Um, a few updates on my end. I started construction on my little uh, grill gazebo in the backyard uh my buddy ryan uh shout out to him uh cooks auto world on youtube and instagram if you want to give him a follow if you want to get some good uh mechanic advice from a master mechanic um he helped me pick up some lumber yesterday we went to lowe's and um i had a list of all the lumber that i needed all the all the correct sizes and everything and we went through and i made sure to pick out like the most pristine pieces and we had two big carts full of lumber and there was one person in front of me online and just as i was about to approach the cashier the entire credit card system went down at lowe's um and they were like oh we're only accepting cash right now and of course it's 2022 i don't have cash or checks on me because I was born in the early 80s, like right at the cusp, like right at the cutoff of people who carry cash on them. And like occasionally I'll have cash on me, but not enough cash to cover, you know, this lumber for this project that I'm working on. So a lot of people were freaking out and they made an announcement. We apologize for the inconvenience. We're only taking cash right now. So I had to think of my feet, folks. So what I did was I opened up the Lowe's app on my phone and I placed a mobile order for pickup 
and I was able to scan all the lumber that I had picked out and a couple of other things and just pay for it on my phone. And then I went to customer service and said, Hey, I just placed this order for pickup. I have everything picked out already. Can you just come check it off and, and say that it was picked up and uh, they let me do that. So I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't be sharing this trick with you all because if this ever happens to me again, I don't want to be at the end of a long line on customer service. But um, yeah, uh, hopefully nothing like this ever happens again. From what I understand, the credit card system went down. There's like 2000 something locations in the country or something like that. Um, this was just overhearing like hearsay as I was walking through the store, but we made it out of there with the lumber. And then, you know, by the time we got back to my house and unloaded everything, we started framing the project out. Um, and then it just got to be too late and we have to put it off till next week. And, uh, I'm going to be going to pick up the roof panels next week upstate. It was funny because the roof panels that I wanted to order, I wanted a specific, um, uh, metal roof uh, in in a red color and I was going to order it online but the shipping was going to cost me as much as the order but then I found uh, a retailer that carries it about an hour north of me in a place called Brooksville uh, which is w near uh, Wiki Wachi you may have you may have heard of this it's like a big it's like a big park area and they have like women who dress up as mermaids um, underwater and stuff. And they put on a little show. My daughter loves mermaids and stuff. So I told my wife, I said, hey, I have to um, pick up these roof panels up in Brooksville. Uh, should we all go? And about 25 minutes later, I had an invite in my email for an Airbnb in uh, <laughs> in Brooksville, so we're gonna go up and and make a weekend out of it, Memorial Day weekend, and uh, then come back. I'll throw this thing together, throw some stain on it, and uh, I'll share some pictures with you guys so you can see how it turned out. Wife and I got a babysitter on Friday night. We went into Tampa to see Bill Burr, uh, the great Bill Burr, do some stand up comedy at the amphitheater in Florida. And this is like, it's an outdoor theater. So I didn't know how it would go for stand-up comedy. I thought it would be a little weird, but it actually worked. Um, he, even he admitted he had never done stand-up in, in like an outdoor amphitheater like that before. So the show was good. He was very funny. Um, the problem was, I guess he's getting ready to film a special or something like that. So there were no cell phones allowed uh, in the venue, which made me a little bit uncomfortable because my kid is home with a babysitter. You know, we're like 45 minutes away from home. So what they do is they put your cell phone in a little bag and kind of lock it. And you have to go to a security personnel or something to get it unlocked. And I've done things like this before. I saw Sebastian Maniscalco a few years ago, right before he did a special. I saw Chris Rock right before his last special. And they did the same thing, but it was at a different venue and it was very efficient. And there was always somebody nearby who could. Um... So if my phone went off in my pocket, I could just bring it to somebody right away and check to see if the babysitter was trying to get a hold of me or something like that. Obviously, 
that would be a concern um, when someone's watching your child. Uh, you want to be accessible. I think that's, I think that's a, a rational concern to have. But this amphitheater was just a hot mess. So we 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 pulled into the parking lot, and um, we had paid for like the upgraded parking where you get to park closer and whatever. And we couldn't find it, and one of the attendants directed us the wrong way. And we're trying to get through the parking lot and there's people walking everywhere. Um, first world problems, I know. But uh, we find a place to park and we try to get in and the line just stopped where they were scanning everybody's tickets. And rumbling started to get back further and further in the line that they had run out of the cell phone bags uh, that they lock your phone in. So they're trying to get more, but they couldn't get them. So what they did was, as you walked past the security guard, he had to watch you turn your phone off. Um, so I turned it off in front of the security guard, and naturally I turned it right back on when I was 10 feet away from him uh, because I wasn't going to have my phone turned off uh, when my kid is with a babysitter. That's just, that's just not happening uh, because if the babysitter had gotten a hold of me, I – without hesitation would have walked out of the show and left immediately. Um, if it, you know, if there was some kind of emergency concerning my child. So turn my phone back on. Of course I wouldn't record the set or, or take photos or anything like that. Um, so that made it a little awkward. And because of that delay, the show had already started when we got in there, but Bill Burr was very funny. Um, as a former stand-up comic myself, which it's been been a long time since I've done stand-up, since I've gotten on stage, um, but I I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing the mastery because at one point he made some jokes that seemed to make the crowd uncomfortable, like the whole place kind of groaned a little bit, and I won't give the bit away in case you know he works it out and it ends up in his special or whatever. I don't want to ruin it for him. But he, he had some jokes that didn't sit well with the audience. And he knew he kind of lost everybody. Like he looked uncomfortable. So he went and took a sip of water and then came back and changed the subject and started talking about Tampa and local sports teams and kind of like brought everybody back in and, and finished the show pretty strong. Um, but it was a fun experience. I enjoy Bill Burr. Um, I think he's a funny guy. Uh, I, have liked most of his comedy specials that have come out, uh, especially the earlier stuff. And the older I get, the more I relate to that, just, you know, cranky old man comedy that he has. So, um, it was a good time. I, I would recommend seeing him if he's in your area. Um, you know, just make sure it's not at like, it's not a, an outdoor amphitheater where the employees are like tweaking on methamphetamines or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> Cause that, that was a very distinct possibility. I believe one of the parking lot attendants was like very clearly on meth. Um, but you know, still working, collecting a paycheck. So bless her heart. All right. So that was that. That was my weekend in a nutshell. Hope everybody 
uh, had an enjoyable weekend as we're approaching summer here. And let me see what kind of view I want to go with here. All right. So UFC Vegas 55, I want to say, or UFC Fight Night 206 at the Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Headlined by Holly Holm and Ketlin Vieta. Uh, if you heard the show last week, I mean, Jeff and I were just talking about how there was nothing interesting about this fight. Uh, my opinion didn't really change after seeing the fight. A lot of people were throwing around the term robbery after this. So if you didn't see, if you didn't catch the fight, Ketlin Vieta uh, won a split decision. And people were saying Holly Holm got robbed. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a robbery, personally. Um, I think it was a really close fight. I think Holly landed more shots and had more control time in the clinch. But I I really think Ketlin did more damage. And, and that's the difference. So rounds one, two, and five were pretty easy to score. So Holly Holm won the first round. Ketlin Vieta almost choked Holly Holm unconscious in the second round. That round could have been a 10-8. Um, three and four were really close. And then five, Holly Holm won again. So depending how you scored three and four, you know, Holly was holding Ketlin up against the cage. She dropped her with a body shot. I believe it was in the fourth round. But then, you know, Ketlin came back with some headshots that rocked Holly. Um, and when she was landing, like she seemed to be hurting Holly more than Holly was hurting her. Um, so it depends what you're looking at as a judge. And, you know, having been a judge myself in the past few weeks and, and feeling that pressure, like the round ends and you're trying to calculate everything in your head that you just saw, like, oh, well, Holly knocked her down, but Ketlin had those headshots and, and rocked Holly and, uh, and then you just write the score real quick and you give it to, you know, whoever's collecting it. <laughs> yeah, I could see how it went uh, Ketlin's way. Uh, two of the judges saw it that way. I know all of the media who was scoring the fight scored it for Holly. A lot of people on Twitter were calling it a robbery. Um, I just, I, I just didn't see it that way. Um, you know, I, I definitely think Holly could have won the fight. You know, she could have won four out of five rounds, but she also could have lost three out of five. So I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Leave a comment, uh, who you thought won the fight and, um, see if I'm way off base here, but I, I think it was a lot closer than, than people are willing to admit. And let's be honest. He'll probably give Holly Holm a title shot after this anyway, because that's what they do. They give her main events, they give her title shots, and she doesn't even need to win. So uh, what's everybody complaining about? Uh, okay, so something I forgot to mention before we get into the rest of this card. I got stung by a fucking hornet today or something. Um. I was, I was doing some yard work. My wife took my daughter to the uh, local uh, pool nearby. 
And while they were gone, I was going to get some yard work done. So I was trimming some weeds out front around a tree next to our driveway. I was using a hedge trimmer to take the weeds down. And then some branches were hanging kind of low. They were thin branches. So I just hit them with the hedge trimmer. And I guess I hit a hornet's nest. And the next thing I hear some buzzing in my ear. And then I feel something hit me in the back of the neck. And I swear it felt like I got hit with a baseball bat. I got lightheaded. I started to back up. I was like a little dizzy. And then I saw all these hornets uh, flying out of the tree. Um, I actually like screamed in pain, which is unusual for me because when I get hurt, I'm usually very quiet, very introverted. I know a lot of people listen to this show think I'm an extroverted kind of guy. I'm, I'm actually not. Um, you know, I internalize a lot of my pain. And, you know, <laughs> swallow a lot of emotions along with a lot of whiskey. Um, but yeah, I'm not one to, to be loud about anything. Uh, but when this thing stung me and I think it caught me a couple of times right behind the ear, right in the neck. And, um, man, it hurt like a motherfucker. Um, so I ran inside and I got, I had some, uh, some hornet killer and I went back out there and I doused that tree in it and I don't care what kind of chemicals were in it or how it affects the wildlife or the ecosystem or anything. I was out for vengeance against this thing that stuck me in the back of the neck. And, um, if it's not dead, hopefully it's suffering right now. So that's how my day went. So, I was uh, wound up uh, abandoning the chores for the rest of the day and just sitting with an ice pack on my neck in the backyard, um, recovering from this. So that's how my day's going. Um, <clears throat> Co-main event, Michelle Padilla getting a split decision over Santiago Ponzinibbio. This was a good fight. Uh, very back and forth. It was super close. Uh, I have to say, Padilla looked physically much larger than Ponzinibbio. I thought, because Ponzinibbio is a big welterweight. I've always thought that. And he's always looked like pretty big compared to his opponents. But Perea looked like much more inflated than Ponzinibbio, in, in my opinion. Like he looked a full weight class larger uh, than Santiago out there. Um, so that might have been the determining factor. might have looked like he, you know, he was a little bit more imposing in there, uh, controlling the distance a little bit. But we've talked about this for a long time now. Uh, a patient and calculated Michelle Padilla, who's not trying to throw, you know, flying knees and, and front flip kicks and all this crazy shit. The, the dude's a good fighter, you know, because when he does all that stuff, he burns his gas tank out um, and, and he just gets tired like way too quick. Um, and, and that's always been his downfall, but he seems to have corrected those things. And now he's got a win over a top guy in Ponzinibbio who a lot of people were expecting a challenge for the title, you know, just a few years ago. Um, so this is a big win for, uh, Michelle Perea. Um, and it was a fun fight too. Then we had, uh, Chidi and Jukwani. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with his brother, Anthony. 
who fought outside of the UFC for a long time, very popular fighter. Um, and, and Chidi is just a beast. Uh, you know, he showed some ground skills in this fight, uh, ended it with a big um, knockout, elbow knockout in the, at the end of the first round over Disco Todorovic. Um, just a spectacular performance. He's so strong, so explosive. He's got great striking. He's got solid grappling. Like, this dude's a problem, middleweight. Like, you know, it took him a while to get to the UFC, but now that he's here, I imagine they're going to have to move him up pretty quick. I mean, he was just below the co-main event here in this, uh, which I believe was like his second or third fight in the UFC. So um, you're going to have to give him somebody in the top 15 pretty soon. And and you kind of need a little a little spice in this middleweight division. So it, it was good to see. And um, speaking of being able to see, I don't know if anybody can even see uh, this fight card that I'm looking at here. Let's see if I can make it a little larger here. Going with a new view since the animal's not here. Um, let's see. Tabitha Ricci, unanimous decision over Pollyanna Viana. Uh, this was just, you know, no controversy here. Richie was just able to control the entire fight. Um, you know, she showed some good grappling. She was the smaller fighter, but, uh, didn't seem to make a difference. She was able to control the fight everywhere it went. Uh, Jun Young Park split decision over Eric Anders. Um, this one was interesting because Anders was pushing the pace for most of the fight. Um, but, but Park was doing more damage. It was kind of similar to the main event. Um, it, you know, Anders was constantly pressuring. He was trying to get Park up against the cage. He was trying to wrestle a little bit. I think he had like 15 takedown attempts or something like that. He landed a few of them. Um, but when Park was landing, he was hurting Eric uh, every time. Uh, so he comes away with a split decision there. Uh Joseph Holmes submits Alan Amandovsky. Uh, and, and this was an impressive fight as well. Um, Holmes looked good in there. I believe it was his first win in the UFC. We can take a look at that real quick. Call him the ugly man. I don't know if it's because of his waxed mustache or whatever. Yeah, so this was his second fight in the UFC. His first fight was a unanimous decision loss to Jamie Pickett. So... Um, he came out here. He looked good against Amadowski. Um, that was a big win for him. Here's um, one of the most impressive performances on the card to me. Jailton Almeida over Parker Porter. And Almeida, really a light heavyweight. I believe he's going to move down to light heavyweight now. Uh I, I think he took this fight on short notice or something like that and agreed to move up to heavyweight. Um, but yeah, this dude has been on a tear. Uh, Dana White's contender series back in September, 2021. Uh, he, f- he basically finishes all of his fights. Hasn't lost a fight since 2018. Um, and has finished every fight since. So super impressive. Um, the the wrestling is what really struck me 
with Almeida because uh, Parker Porter is a big dude. Uh, and Almeida, you know, naturally a light heavyweight, but let's be honest, Parker Porter probably could be a middleweight. Like if he, if he really wanted to get down there and, and lose some of that body fat, he could probably get down there, but he's a big dude. I mean, he's, let me check his weight real quick. It's not easy to take a guy down who's so much bigger than you. Yeah. 263 pounds. Give me a break. Um, and you know, Almeida, a natural 205 pounder got under Porter's hips, met with a little bit of resistance, but was able to get him down and, and then just kind of buttered him up until he worked his way to that rear naked choke, uh, right at the end of the round. Um, there was no point where Parker Porter was in this fight really, you know, it was, this fight was all Almeida and he was, he was super impressive. So that was a fun one. Um, Euros Medic with a TKO over Omar Morales. This was a good fight as well. Um, these guys were trading shots, but it seemed like Morales was was getting the worst of the exchanges as the fight went on, and it added up as we got into the second round, and he got dropped. Morales got dropped, I believe, like three times, and it, after the third time, uh, Chris Tognoni had to step in and um, and end it because Morales was not able to fight back anymore. Like he, his brain was just shut off. I mean, credit to him for getting back up those first two times, but you know, Medic just put him down too many times, too hard, uh, turned his brain off, and and that was that. Jonathan Martinez. Uh, victory over another Morales. So back-to-back losses for the Moraleses. Um, this was just a, a very one-sided fight. Jonathan Martinez controlled this whole fight um, on the feet. He he took him down when he wanted to. The first round was a little close, but then Martinez just kind of ran away with it. Uh, Chase Hooper. Uh, TKO over Felipe Diaz Colares. So we had Colares, Morales, Morales. So... Not a good night for S's. Names that end in S's, I guess. Um, this, you know, a lot of people were praising Chase Hooper for this, and and rightfully so. It looks like he's starting to grow into his man body a little bit. Um, it, it was still like after after Mark Smith stopped the fight and he got up and he started screaming. I was my first thought was immediately like how how could you be afraid of this kid like he sound, he still sounds like a child <laughs> like he was he he let out like this kind of primal scream but it he just it, it just sounded like you know somebody stepped on a fifth grader's foot uh all due respect to Chase Hooper he's just you know I I guess he hasn't gotten his man voice yet or whatever but he did look good in this um the concern with Chase Hooper is that he's so young and he's getting in there with, you know, grown men when he's not, he's just not fully developed yet. Um, and, and even in some of his victories in the UFC, like he's taken a lot of damage. Like I think it was the Peter Barrett fight 
uh, where he was getting beat up bad, and then he he pulled out a heel hook late in the fight, um, and lost his last fight to Steven Peterson. Uh, so my concern with Chase Hooper is that he just kind of came into the UFC a little prematurely and I get it. Like you're out there in the regional circuits and you can't get fights and, and things like that. Cause he is really good. He's very skilled, but the, the discrepancy you see between him and his opponents is, is just the strength. You know, he's got great technique. He has great endurance, but he, you know, Colares was getting positions on him and he was he was pulling off things against him earlier in the fight that shouldn't really work. Like if you're the same size as someone else um, and he didn't really have leverage on his side, but he was still able to pull off like certain sweeps and, and takedowns that just, you know, that just shouldn't work if somebody's like uh, has a similar strength to you. Um, I, obviously I want to see him do well. I think he's a good kid. Um, I, I just hope they, they bring him up slowly because if you start putting him in there with some hammers, it, you know, 22 is just too young to, to, to be taking this kind of damage. And just to put in perspective, what I'm saying, I don't think there's an active champion in the UFC male or female under the age of 30. So around 30, 31, 32 seems to be like the physical prime for this sport. Um, you know, I would just hate to see him take too much damage before he really gets to his full potential, before he gets to his physical prime. Uh, that's my only concern with him. And then uh, Sam Hughes with a TKO over Elise Reed. This was a one-sided beating as well. Um, and you could kind of tell that Reed had kind of given up in that third round and cause Sam Hughes was just taking her down at will, uh, beating her up and then, you know, passing her guard. And in the third round, she was able to take her down with almost no resistance. And it, it was just, you know, it was, it was basically a physical mismatch. You could see that, that Reed had kind of quit in there and, um, and Hughes was able to get the TKO. Chris Tanyoni had to stop the fight. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a good stoppage. Uh, so that was it. Uh, Sam looked good in there. So this is, you know, overall, it was a good card. There were some great fights, some standout performances. For me, um, Almeida was the most impressive uh, performance on the card. But, uh, you know, Chidi and Jigawani. Looked great. Michelle Perea looked great. Uh, Joseph Holmes looked great. Euros Medic with that big finish. Chase Hooper looked excellent. Um, yeah, fun little card. Uh, so that was that. And then we have we have a little break next week, I believe, because the next. Fight card is not until June 4th for the UFC. That's Alexander Volkov and Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Um, and that's a fun matchup, I think. Um, 
that'll be a fun fight. And what else do we have on this card? Uh, I guess I can take a deep dive on it next week. Alonzo Menafield and Askar Mazarov. That's a fun fight. Carolina Kovalkiewicz and Felice Herrig. That's a good one. And, um, yeah, a lot of unknowns on this on this card, but that that usually amounts to uh, a lot of action. Yeah, so that's that. I'm drinking a, a Kirkland uh, Tennessee whiskey. It's like uh, Costco's version of a Jack Daniels, which I actually prefer it. Uh, over Jack Daniels for for whatever reason you would think like oh Costco it's got to be like poor quality but um, they do a lot of research and they source their booze like very well uh, I'm a big fan of their bottle and bob uh, bourbon uh, they have an Isla scotch they make that's really great um, nobody's really disclosed who makes it but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's Lagavulin um, so yeah, I'm having some of that with, um, with like a lemonade seltzer. It's really kind of hitting the spot on this, uh, hot Florida day. It's, uh, it's easing the pain from my hornet sting that I sustained earlier today. I feel like, um, I don't know, just feel I'm just feeling beat up. You know, all this time I, I spent uh, my life training combat sports. I got beat up by a little fucking bug today. So <laughs> it's kind of uh, demoralizing when you put it that way. Um, in any case, since it is heating up, it's tank top season. So if you want to grab yourself uh, over the top, over the under the influence uh, tank top, or you can get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie if you are on that other side of the globe where it's starting to get a little bit cooler uh, and it's winter time and in the hemisphere you happen to uh, happen to be living in. Uh, you can uh, get some show merchandise from our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your order. Uh, I'll put the links in the show notes as always. Um, Mark says he hopes I fucked up that bug with the spray. I hope I did too. I hope it took his whole family down. This is a, this is going to be a mafia hit now. Uh, Mark is wearing his MMA on the rocks hoodie because he is on the other side of the globe where it's not heating up. I, I believe, I don't know. I'm not so great at geography. Um, but, yeah, if you want to get yourself some MMA on the Rocks merchandise, go through our friends at Team Reaper. I'll put the link in the show notes, as always. Uh, short show this week because I'm tired. I, I got, you know, I was doing a lot of work today. It was a, it was a long weekend. And, um, you know, that hornet sting took it out of me. I, I took a little took a little Benadryl just in case I'm allergic to hornets or whatever it was that stung me. I didn't even get a good look at it. Like if I had to talk to a sketch artist at the police department, I don't know if I could accurately describe the type of insect it was, but it was very large. It hurt me very badly. 
it all happened so fast. Um, and I, I just hope it's suffering right now because, like I am. Uh, <laughs> so that's that. Um, I don't have anything else for you guys. So a quick little episode. Uh, hopefully it lasted you for your commute on Monday morning or, or whenever it is that you consume the show. Uh, I do appreciate everybody who tunes in. I appreciate people sharing the episodes and leaving comments on the YouTube page, leaving reviews on iTunes or Google or Spotify or, or whatever, wherever it is you happen to be uh, consuming the podcast. I'm trying to get the video going on Spotify. There's been some glitches with that, but um, I'll let you guys know when that's available. I'll start trying to, you know, I feel like Spotify needs my face. I'm still trying to get one of those COVID warnings on my podcast. I never had one of those on there. Um, so I guess like nobody from Spotify cares enough to, to listen to my opinions about COVID. I don't talk about it that much, but sometimes I want to just so I get like one of those little warning labels. I don't know. I have obscure goals. In any case, I appreciate all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to me solo. Hopefully we'll have the animal back next weekend unless he's going to be like in the Adirondacks or like in the Alps or somewhere exotic. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this guy, uh, but he seems to be having a good time enjoying life. Uh, so thanks, everybody. And until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.